0: welcome to retro fanfic retrospective the podcast where we dredge up old fan fiction and expose it to the cold harsh light of 2021 my name is amato he him
1: and with me are tori they them katie she her and Britt, she her and thanks so much for
0: coming back on. You two are our first returning guests who are not like a personal friend who we know
2: around the area.
3: <laughs> That's very exciting and flattering. Thank you.
2: But <laughs> <laughs> well, we had so much fun last time. We just couldn't let you go. <laughs> well,
4: we, we did, did yeah. too, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. And it seems like, do you two have any news? X-Men related or podcast related? Seems like you've been keeping up with podcasting just fine.
3: Yeah, I mean, well, we just dropped uh, recently our 50th episode, which is very, very exciting. Um, it's kind of wild. I think we're coming up on two years now since our first episode dropped, too. So, um, yeah, just chugging along.
0: <laughs> Congratulations. <Congrats>. Thanks. <laughs> Soon you're going to run out of X-Men and X-Men and Marvel topics, right?
3: Yeah, that's kind of my fear. I feel like by season like seven, we'll be talking about I mean, we'll probably just transition into being a full Dawson's Creek podcast at that point or (laughs) Felicity
0: something.
1: (laughs) I I also don't think you
0: have anything to worry about if you're willing to do deep dives and just crazy weird topics, which both of which you seem to be willing to do. I was listening to your X-Men election related episode the other day.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We like to uh, have fun themed
0: episodes where we just get to talk about bonkers things. So (laughs) all set but I didn't listen into that episode far enough to hear what you said about Kurt. Did he come up in the politics? Oh,
3: I forget. Yeah. I think he must have, right?
5: Brit? He he must oh. have.
3: <laughs> I do not remember what we had to say about him, but I mean, Kurt for president. I know he's not American, so he can't run, but <laughs> I vote for him still.
1: That's true. <laughs> um Your chancellor maybe, of we... Germany, I guess. Yeah. Can we make a case?
0: What's Mystique's background? Is she like, can she claim to be an American citizen in any way?
3: I mean, I think she's Austrian technically, something like since she's some kind of European. <laughs> um, but she could just like take on anybody's identity and just use it to run. i I'd, I'd think. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, the odds have got to be pretty high that if I delved into Mystique's backstory, that she came over to America as one of like the settlers early in American history. <laughs> Definitely. And <laughs> might be able to claim American citizenship through that or something.
3: For sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wouldn't put it past her.
0: <laughs> well, that brings us a little bit to our topic because after having done a couple of X Men ish episodes, and especially the last one with you, we realized that we hadn't done anything even remotely featuring or addressing or uh, having any appearance whatsoever by Kurt Wagner, Nightcrawler. And So that was one of the reasons we, I kind of wanted to have you back on so soon to do some more X-Men because it's criminal that we haven't done that yet.
3: Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a, he's a fun fellow to have around. So
5: I'm excited to dig into this. The X-Men basically lend themselves to fanfic, I think in a lot of ways. They're very dramatic. There's a lot going on. (laughs) So I agree. We should talk about them more.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, just openings, unexplored territory that X-Men Pulls up because it pulls up so many things and so many characters. Mm
4: -hmm.
0: That is true, but specifically, I want to do Nightcrawler as a character because (laughs) I just dropped a little picture in the recording room chat if anyone wants to see it. But I can't tell you how old this (laughs) picture of me is, but I'm looking like what, first grade ish, maybe? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh, I
3: remember this
2: picture. Oh, yeah, I had it on Facebook. (laughs) while I think
3: that's absolutely amazing.
2: <laughs> it's a really excellent nightcrawler costume.
0: Yeah, my mom was very crafty. So, what we're looking at—that you cannot—well, actually, I say you can't currently see this, but you know what? I should just make this the image for the episode. Mm-hmm. Actually, yes. um, do it. It's, it's a picture of me as a little kid standing on a chair with one foot, so I can pretend to be climbing walls with the other three uh, limbs. Dressed in a little nightcrawler costume that my mom made for me for some Halloween. Yeah, I, I've been really into Nightcrawler, or especially was as a kid. And I was talking, communicating with the author of this fanfic a little bit beforehand. And I can't quite remember why I got into Kurt so specifically as a kid. Like, I think I must have read some old like Claremont issues back then that were already out of date because it was the early 90s. And then, like, picked up some Excalibur in a comic store or something. But I remember seeking out at comic book conventions and stuff things like the Nightcrawler Limited, like, four-issue miniseries, which is great. Mm-hmm. And back issues of Nightcrawler and some old X-Men stuff and that sort of thing. And, you know, I had action figures, like, several several Nightcrawlers back in the day.
5: Uh, As someone who has, like, a first-grade understanding still of the X-Men, I think that Nightcrawler is a really great accessible character, I think, to get you into things, because he's funny. His power is very obvious. It's very easy to understand. And I just... He's blue, so...
2: (laughs) Yeah. He's, like, sort of adorable. I always felt like... um, I watched a lot of X-Men Evolution when that came out, and I thought he was, like, the the cutest character in the show you know like just the friendliest nice person
0: well we should probably talk about that actually because i'm coming from this through like old x-men comics and excalibur and you know kurt is a comic character and i've seen like two episodes of x-men evolution like practically (laughs) none but my understanding (laughs) is that for all three of you like that's kind of you're going to be able to provide some knowledge and background here anyone want to talk about themselves and x-men evolution
3: Oh I will gladly jump into that. Um, Yeah I forget I think I must have seen I think I saw the movie at least the first movie first. I forget when exactly um, Evolution started like airing but I loved that show. I still love it. I own it on DVD but also have definitely bought it digitally a few times. I just I liked I liked that they were teenagers because it was kind of echoing what the movies were presenting in a lot of ways um i really really liked angry goth rogue a lot <laughs> like that whole look was amazing such a vibe and yeah just it was so fun and accessible i think just wild things happened wild comic booky things but you didn't need a lot of backstory on them so um yeah and just i always thought it was really clever like the whole premise is that they live at the institute and like learn how to be mutants there but they also attend the local high school and i just thought that was such a fun premise and one that i really want resurrected for some kind of like dark gritty like hbo teen drama situation like i want them dealing with like intense teen issues and things like that i just it it opens up such an interesting world i think
2: yeah yeah i i watched like i said x-men evolution when it came out i was a kid probably. I don't remember what year it came out, but I was, I don't know, probably like 11, 12. I feel like it was like the perfect age for something like that. Like it was a high school drama, but also X-Men.
0: Internet says 2000 to
2: 2003. <laughs> okay. Tracks. So yeah, I was 11 in 2000. So
0: what about you, Brit? Did you watch any, like when you were younger or did you see some because Katie made you or what? <laughs>
5: Um, well, made is a strong word, uh, suggested heavily and had on in the background at all times during college is the word I would use. Uh, but no, I if I saw superheroes on the screen but, and when I was little, I just thought it like wasn't for me. I just thought I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if I was hopping in in the middle of a storyline I wouldn't understand. But now watching it as an adult, which I do, and at the beginning of quarantine, watch the whole thing through for the first time. Um, I was watching like little bits and pieces before that, but actually watching the whole thing through, I'm like, you actually really don't know, you don't need a background. And each episode kind of just is what it is. And you sort of understand there might be something else going on, but I like the sort of episodic storylines. Um, and I wish I'd watched it sooner, but I was watching things like Brace (laughs) Face. If anyone remembers what that
2: is. I do remember that. She heard the radio signals for braces. Somehow that was a superpower or something.
5: That was my superhero. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, so you were watching <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> like superhero <Yes>. cartoons. <laughs> so next time I'll look for some Braceface fan fiction. We'll see if we can pull out anything good.
5: Probably will.
0: <laughs> well, may- maybe. We haven't had any luck finding any Pepper Ann fan fiction.
3: <laughs> Locked in the vault. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I-, I gathered this about X-Men Evolution and and you 2 and like you also, Tori. Which is why I was really happy that I had the perfect excuse to go back and do a fanfic by this author, Rowena Zanre, who we have done a story by once before that was episode forty eight, like a year and a half ago. And we did one of her Smurfs fanfics. And she's very prolific. Um, and w- she, as an author, had always kind of stuck with us because, for one thing, she was just so delightful to communicate with and so like happy that we were discussing her stories, and also because we legitimately enjoyed the Smurfs fanfic we read. And I remembered that she had done this series of stories that were X-Men evolution-based, but took elements from the Excalibur comic series. And it was just the perfect opportunity to pull this out. So that is our topic for today. The first story in this continuity that this author has done. Um, she gave it a Marvel-style
1: Earth designation, right?
3: Which I love. That's so, it's so great that she built her own reality (laughs) it's amazing
0: i'm trying to find that here um earth 723 sure and you know the way it works is you just choose an earth number that's that's fine right
4: (laughs) (laughs) but the name of the
0: story which starts off the continuity is the day the earth stood back and looks like she published it 2004 which would have been like the year after x-men evolution ended right
2: now we were also impressed with Rowena's onre before because her Smurf story she wrote when she was like twelve and it was right. really good. So how old would I, don't, I guess do we know Rowena's pronouns? I guess say they. How do she, we she her? She her. Okay. So how yeah. old is was she when she wrote this fanfic? Do we know? We should know, right? Oh, I should have, do have math asked math, that motto. I, do math. No,
0: <laughs> but I don't think she published Brainy's Glasses online when she wrote
1: it. Oh, uh,
0: because it was originally
1: something like written between know. her and her brother, right? Either way. Um, so I don't think I have that information. No. Oh well. But the point is, um, yeah. That's okay.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if she was also, you know, seeing X Men Evolution as it came out as a youngish person, and therefore started writing this as a you know, youngish person also, but it's all speculation because I forgot to ask. Um, she was saying that she kind of, our experiences are a little bit similar for Excalibur, where she just, in her case, she stumbled on like a the entire Excalibur series collected in a big bundle at the local comic book store and bought it, for cheap. Um,
1: and so she was able to draw in some of that also. And should we just jump into the fanfic is there anything else
0: kind of we want to discuss going into it
3: we're ready to just fanfic it up
1: (laughs) great let's do it uh who wants to start off with kind of the the setup premise of this fanfic i can do that i'm i'm good at that (laughs) no volunteers today
0: Yeah, sure. That's fine. It's set in X-Men Evolution Continuity and we've got Kurt and Kurt's very excited because he asked uh, Kitty out to what is it? The the sophomore social. Um, (laughs) Does that does that indicate when it might take place in X-Men Evolution Continuity? Were they supposed to be freshmen in that series or sophomores or?
2: I thought Kitty was a freshman and I don't know if Kurt was a freshman or a sophomore, so.
0: I kind of assumed that this meant that like maybe it's a, l- a little time has passed since the um since the end of the cartoon
1: or something like that. But yeah, I mean, if Kitty's a sophomore then I think yes. But I'm not sure if they say that. Okay. And it starts off kind of centered around this um
0: this teenage prom drama a little bit where Kurt's like really excited that he's going with Kitty, and Kitty's like not that excited. She she likes she's fine with it, but like you know Kurt's way more excited about it. Like brings her breakfast in bed and is very cute and stuff. And um, he gets shouted at by by Scott like the next day because he he does something uh, I forget exactly, but like that threatens his his secret mutantness at mm. school just because he's not paying attention.
2: Um, yeah.
3: Yeah, I think he's uh, sitting in a tree in a way that a human teenager in sneakers shouldn't be able to, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know.
2: Yeah, it's something this fanfic does well is treats this ongoing thing of Kurt having to hide his identity and getting really frustrated about it. And then Scott, being a dick as usual about <laughs> it, yells at him without trying to understand how hard this is for Kurt. And Kurt gets really upset and vamps away.
0: Well, it's it's like the big Lebowski, right? <laughs> you're not wrong, Scott, you're just a dick. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is his constant MO. <laughs> oh my god,
3: put that on a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but anyway, the
0: fanfic makes a major swerve because Suddenly something happens and, like, you know, Kurt is, like, teleporting back to the school, like, to, you know, go back home or something, change clothes. And, like, we don't we don't see this thing happen. Actually, like, the first sign we have that something went majorly wrong is, like, Kitty's coming back to the Institute and runs into a new figure. Drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that for someone else to pick up.
4: All
3: right. uh, I'll jump in. Yeah. So she gets home and spots uh, a blue fuzzy elf, but it's not her blue fuzzy elf. It's it's an adult version. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we meet adult Kurt Wagner uh, and he has to be introduced to the professor and Logan and everybody at the school as they try to figure out what exactly is going on.
0: Yeah, including adult Kurt, who at first is very disoriented. Mm-hmm. When she first walks up to him, he's like, are you a student at the school? And he doesn't even recognize her it's been so long since he's seen a that-aged kitty or whatever. <laughs> and then once he realizes that he is in fact in the past, he teleports away because um, he's like, oh shit, somehow I'm in the past. I'm like, that's bad and I don't want to mess up the timeline or whatever. <laughs> and Logan has to go track him down. Um, I thought it was kind of cute. Logan and kurt have a moment here and it's not like a deep emotional moment but it's interesting cuz in the comics those two are like so tight and like their friendship is so cool and dipping into x-men evolution where like logan's a grown ass adult and like kurt is kind of like a a kid who would be more likely to annoy him than bond with him it's like weird seeing this um relationship a little bit where like adult kurt has known logan for so much longer and kind of now has a friend like peer relationship with him And, you know, obviously Logan is able to confirm that Kurt is, in fact, Kurt from the future through sense of smell, like you do when you're Logan. Um, And Kurt does eventually kind of give up on the not going to be able to, like, avoid messing things up in the
1: past if that's what's going on. Like, there's just no way to avoid it. So he allows himself to go back to the school and talk to people. liked the. This,
2: like a couple of things, this funny detail that they get, you know, they get back. Everyone's skeptical of apparently they're not familiar with time travel. They're like, that's impossible. <laughs> Even though I feel like time travel in the X-Men universe happens a lot, but whatever. Uh, Logan's the only one who can be like 100% sure because he smells like Kurt. I love that. <laughs> Did any time travel happen in X-Men Evolution? Because if not,
0: I am shocked.
3: I don't think they ever yeah I don't think they ever got there they were like oh there's such a cool flash forward spoiler for like the very last episode ever of x-men evolution um but there's a fun flash forward photo or image of all of them that um portrays them like a couple years older and they're all like in these like badass costumes and everything and they were definitely going to do like the phoenix saga and all of that um so I feel like if they had gotten more seasons perhaps they would have gotten to do a little more space and time travel.
0: I remember hearing about that that there is just like shots of things they wanted to do but the series was canceled mm-hmm. so oh well.
1: Yeah. At the very very basically. end. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um
1: well let, let's talk about adult Kurt in general
0: as a character and like as a presence. I thought it was it was really cool like one of the reasons I wasn't interested in X-Men Evolution as a kid was because I was like, "Ah, oh, that Kurt's not my Kurt. Like that's, That Nightcrawler is clearly not the Nightcrawler I like, which is the same way I felt about his like, two appearances in X-Men, the animated series. Um, but I feel like a future Kurt in this fanfic has a real vibe like comics Kurt, at least you know in certain areas where certain people are writing him because it's comics, right? And so I feel like the, the fanfic kind of is taking it upon itself to bridge X-Men Evolution Kurt, who is a kid, and like a character who and like kind of making him, connecting him to his comic self more by kind of showing how he could grow into kind of being more like that person. And I'd say the main thing is kind of like the self-confidence that young Kurt is faking it until he makes it is like something that comics Kurt and future Kurt here kind of have have actually internalized and you know are actually comfortable with themselves and actually more like self-confident in their own skin.
3: Yeah, definitely. I feel like I can't see teen evolution Kurt, you know, sword fighting so much except I think we do get a scene of that with his future wife uh, a few years in the future kind of in between those two timelines, but Um, I can see how he's going to become somebody who's like a little bit of a swashbuckler and uh, just very, uh, very comfortable with himself, I think. Later on.
1: Something super enjoyable
2: about this, too, like just the times that adult Kurt gets to like, you know, reflect on his younger self saying, you know, something flirty. Right. And be like, oh, my God, I can't believe I actually did that. But then also turning around and doing something kind of corny to his wife—it's very adorable. Like you see the connection to his youth, how he's grown, and how he's still the same, and it's really cute.
3: <laughs> yeah, the uh, the chicks chicks dig the fuzzy man line is just like, <laughs> so amazing. Uh, yes, that that's been
0: stuck. I feel like that's lived rent free in my head probably since two thousand. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a running joke in the fanfic where adult Kurt is talking to people, like, in his future, we'll get to the structure of the fanfic a little bit, but, like, people who knew him as a kid, who, like, call him out on that sort of thing, and he's like, I never talked, I was never that corny. And they're like, yes, you were. But he does not admit it until he eventually, at the end of the fanfic, comes face to face with his past self, and he's like, oh my god, I actually talked like that. (laughs) Yeah, just one of those, like, ways in which young Kurt is clearly trying too hard
4: just gonna say
3: it feels like uh every time brit and i talk about high school
2: <laughs> i'm like was I really that bad <laughs> that's the same thing i was gonna say is i think we all kind of uh forget what we were like in high school and then see a you know an old video or something we're like oh my god i really said things like that <laughs> so it, it's very real <laughs> yeah
5: i think that something i really like about kurt overall is just that that playful playfulness mixed with that confidence like you had brought up Um, And I really like how when he was a kid, he was like a kid, like running around, being this troublemaker, funny, cracking jokes, being a little inappropriate here and there. And you can see how he really like encourages that playfulness with his children in this fanfic. So I really liked seeing him interact with his own kids um, and kind of like encourage curiosity and let them in on secrets of what it's what they're dealing with in Excalibur. And I, I really appreciated that.
0: yeah. And that kind of leads us in a little bit to the structure of this fanfic. It was really interesting. It becomes obvious to the reader, practically immediately, that Young Kurt and Adult Kurt have definitely switched places in time. Like that's <coughs> obviously what happened, right? But the fanfic doesn't switch to Young Kurt in the future for a long, long time. It really the author really wants us to settle in with Adult Kurt. And so for for the first half of the fanfic, it's switching back and forth between actually Adult Kurt, stuck in the past. And flashbacks to kind of the couple of days leading up to adult Kurt getting sent back to the past, but that's in the future with adult Kurt. And I thought that was a really interesting choice uh, because I, I feel like the obvious, but not necessarily better thing to do would have been to like immediately cut to young Kurt in the future.
2: It leaves a little bit of like a mystery, almost like you're pretty sure that's what happened, but you're not sure how or why. It also just helps develop adult Kurt, who is like, I don't know, I feel like being dropped into an environment of X-Men evolution, so we're not quite as familiar with who the character might be. The thing I also really like is that his main concern is not changing anything in the past, and he's really, really focused on that. And so we learn right away that's because he doesn't want his family to disappear. He's got four kids, (laughs) like... Oh my God. So that's a really major concern for Kurt, adult Kurt going all the way through. And I like how much the author draws attention to that stress. Like be the first thing on your mind. I don't want my family to, disappear my children to disappear. And I feel like an author could easily forget that, but this author makes it the most important thing to him. Yeah. Kurt seeing
0: back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He knows it how seems- it
3: works. It seems that adult Kurt has had some experiences with time travel, for sure.
0: I'm not sure if that's the case, but uh, it's not. It's it's not clear that that's not the case. Sure, and yeah, it, it's such an X Men thing for there to be all kinds of time mucky or muckery about. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought that was well done too. And eventually, like it doesn't take long for Kurt to realize like he can't uh, he can't do anything, including fix this situation, without actually engaging with the past to some extent. But, he's, but that's still on the f- forefront of his mind. You know, Dom just pointed out in the chat that the other Rowena Zanre story we read, Brainy's Glasses, also heavily featured time travel and also had a thing where the time travel happened and then she had kind of a story in the new time era that kind of set everything's thing up before the effects of the time travel became known. So I don't know if this is kind of like types of stories that she's specifically interested in, or whether it's just a total coincidence out of these two that we've chosen. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, we get to spend quite a bit of time with Kurt in the future. And so does someone want to talk about kind of future Kurt's situation in terms of family and and what he's been doing and that sort of thing?
3: Yeah, I will jump in and feel free to add details. Um, but yeah, so Kurt is the leader of Excalibur, if I'm remembering correctly, and also is or the X-Men, I guess, have formed kind of this international group where they have, it seems like outposts in different countries and they're just, it seems like they're like a, I don't know, like a do doing good organization, just some kind of like, like I think they're likened to the UN at some point or mentioned that they're in the un or something like that so they're yeah so they're um so he's kind of i guess involved with that a little bit but is mostly leading excalibur and the backstory that we get it's actually like it's so sad because um professor xavier has passed away i think just of old age i don't think he died due to any you know nefarious causes (laughs) but so the x-men are gathering together back in new york to uh for the funeral which is you know again just a very sad setup (laughs)
0: Yeah, in terms of Excalibur's position, it definitely seems like the idea is that in the X-Men Evolution universe, everyone with superpowers is a mutant, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like there's Avengers and Fantastic Forces and Spider-People and, you know, whatever running around with various origin stories. And so it seems like the X-Men have set up these franchises around the world to do super heroics, and that it seems like in this story, they actually accomplished what the point of the X-Men was always supposed to be, which was, like, to improve mutant-human relations by, like, being an example of mutants actually actively using their powers to help people, which never works in the Marvel Universe. But in this continuity, it seems like it actually, like, has been working and has helped human-mutant relations.
5: I was going to say, I think at some point they say they even replace the UN or something Mm -hmm. like that. So I think that That does speak... It seems a bit drastic, (laughs) but... But uh, yeah, I didn't think of it that way that it does seem like they are the only types of superheroes allowed.
3: <laughs> yeah, I believe not to get too into evolution lore, but I th- I feel like there might be a flashback episode. Uh, maybe I'm making this up, but of Wolverine and World War II fighting with Cap. But like, yeah, we definitely have not seen anybody else in that uh, that universe. So I like that they took the initiative and they finally kind of got everything they wanted, I guess.
0: One thing I kind of like about the Excalibur angle is that Kurt is the leader of Excalibur, which is the the Europe-based, you know, X-Men branch, and we learn practically nothing about it, which I think is smart because that's really not what the fanfic is about. The fanfic has plenty to do. Like, we really don't need to learn, like, all of these details about Excalibur. We learn that Megan and Captain Britain are on it, and implicitly it sounds like maybe rain is a member but that's that wasn't even completely clear it's just that like she was in scotland and they were gonna like pick her up on the way back to new york for the funeral right Mm
3: -hmm. yeah (laughs) our old pal ronnie sinclair
0: (laughs) as we call her on our podcast
5: (laughs) i didn't know her name was rain when i was reading it okay
0: it's (laughs) 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 you know i that might have been a problem for me too except that in the fanfic we read featuring Rain, she gets to say that's how you say her name, like, in short order. And so we didn't have
2: a problem with it. (laughs) And my e-reader reads it as Ronnie, and every time I have to go, like, oh, wait, okay, they're talking about Rain? Okay.
1: (laughs)
4: Ronnie. It's
1: a (laughs) classic Scottish name, Ronnie. (laughs) (laughs) Um...
0: Anyway, the point is that just like we don't need to know anything about Excalibur except that Kurt's the leader, and that's cool. And that was one of the cool things in the Excalibur um, in the Excalibur comic series is that like Kurt briefly led the X Men back in the Claremont days, and he was kind of bad at it. Like he was no, you know, no Aurora or even Scott. Mm. Um, <laughs> but then he kind of gets to be the most qualified member by default when they form Excalibur. Uh, just by virtue of being like the most mature and stable at least alcoholic. Um <laughs> and and then he like really grows into it over the course of that series until like I remember a scene later in Excalibur after it stopped being good, but we're like, you know, Scott get, you know, stops by and like is talking to Kurt as an it equal and is like, how's things going with your team and that thing? And then of course once Excalibur ends, like no one remembers that like Kurt ever had that character development and that he is in fact, you know, a competent, confident leader person. But that's just how comics
1: go.
4: Hmm.
1: Oh, yeah. So what about Kurt's family?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So he has a he has a wife, Alice. And uh, I forget how many kids. Is it three or four? Three? I want to
0: say three. Because
3: it's, I... it's Susie, I... Edmund, and Marta, I believe. Marty.
1: And yeah.
0: they're varying degrees of blue and or teleporty, which I like. Like, they don't all have the same phenotype.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And so his oldest kid, uh, is that his daughter, Marta? Is that right? I
3: believe so. I'm keep
4: track of them. Yeah,
2: yeah. They call her Marty a lot, but that's the oldest
0: one. Marty. She's like
2: 14, I think.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And she takes after him most physically and powers-wise.
0: Um, like, it seems like she didn't get all the dexterity necessarily, but she her teleportation is better, and she's also blue and has a tail and stuff. <laughs> The kids, I feel like, are most important just, at least in this story, to show, um, yeah, to kind of show that playful family side of him and also his wife, who is a new character uh, named Alice. And we get a little backstory on the two of them. Like, they met at Xavier's, and she's also a mutant, but she doesn't seem to be a mutant who wants to be a superhero. I don't know what's wrong with her. Like, that's just what you do when you're a mutant. <laughs>
5: But Dazzler did not want to be a superhero either. <laughs> and they kept pushing that on her. So I guess they have the same sort of thing going on. So got to respect Alice in that sense.
0: I, I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I was listening to the other X-Men podcast, Jay and Miles, explain the X-Men for a long time. And they were tracking for a long time how much uh, Havoc and Polaris. Okay. Alex and Dorna, how much they really just wanted to finish their graduate theses and like just could not because they kept getting drawn into this world of superheroes.
3: And I feel like for a while, uh, Bobby just wanted to be an accountant and just wasn't allowed to be.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Well, you just know in this. um, You know, in
0: this future continuity, I'm sure. Alice has had to superhero like a million times. <laughs> but I don't think we learn any code name that she has or whatever. Mm-hmm. And speaking of not having code names um and still being drawn into X-Men shit. Like X-Men Evolution had an Amanda Sefton that that Kurt was going out with, right? Yes. Cuz she doesn't get mentioned once in this fanfic and I was kind of
2: like did they break up or something? She gets mentioned once. At the oh, very she... end. She gets mentioned once. Yes. What was the context there? So, oh, this must be during the series. Because at the very end, he's trying to remember Alice. And he says, like, older Kurt thinks, he says something about, oh, and the name starts with an A, you know. And older Kurt thinks, when did I meet Amanda again? So it's implying that, like, he thought Amanda was Alice. But anyway, we'll get there. There's a memory wipe, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, right. Right. Just, that's just the plot. I don't care.
0: All <laughs> so just about my good Kurt times here. <laughs> uh, anyway, Alice seems fine. I mean,
2: Alice Alice does seem fine. Alice is interesting though because her powers are Danny Moonstar's powers. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know why. I guess they wanted they didn't want to put Danny with Kurt for some reason, but they wanted to have someone who had those powers. But well, it's okay. So, Rain is in this. So, I, yeah, I don't this, know. Maybe you could help me.
0: <laughs> what well, was Danny in evolution? I don't know. Some of the new mutants yes. were. She was?
4: Yeah, okay. she
3: was. Um, yeah, there, there's a whole thing where she's like a ghost slash an astral projection for most of her intro episode. And like Kitty falls down a cliff and finds her like ghost spirit, whatever, and has to help her like reunite with her body that's been trapped underground in a cave for like years, I think. <laughs> Sure, but she's still alive. Um, yeah, so long story short, yes, Danny does exist in the evolution universe. So I, yeah, I don't know how i I mean, like, I guess I'm kind of into the Kurt Danny ship. Like I could get behind it. I've never really thought in depth about it before, but um, yeah, that was one thing that definitely struck me as well that uh, Danny's powers were just kind of thrust upon Alice. It was interesting,
5: <laughs> yeah. And I think that when the um when the author, Was building up like who who this wife was. It was using a lot of like his wife, his wife, his wife, his wife, and I was like, oh my gosh, who's it going to be? Like someone I never thought of before. And then it was Alice, who I don't know this is new. Um, but yeah, I was wondering like where's this going? Um, so it's interesting choice to have a a new character, but I liked Alice.
0: Yeah, the (laughs) author spent some time making her not just be the wife. Like she actually has like a personality and a background, and she spends a little time like with their early courtship and. (laughs) You know, in- insecurities relating to her powers, like you do when you're an X-Man, because like puberty <laughs> metaphors, that kind of thing, um, and like it's it's done just fine. But it it was a little bit surprising that it was a new character. And yeah, her powers are to manifest people's fears or desires. In her case, apparently more physically than Danny's, but sometimes Danny's powers do it physically. It just depends on where people are at with her.
1: Um, so yeah, I, I don't know interesting choices a little bit surprising and they're still together in the future because
0: I, I guess some people meet their future spouses in high school and that works out I guess that, that's a thing that happens
3: yeah Just... I think I think I was reading there reading the days of future past kind of part like the flashback from the future part I was like are, I, I assume they were maybe it was later high school so maybe they were like 18 so at least they were adults <laughs> And stuck together for like thirty or forty years after that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I assume it's also one of those like kind of bonding experiences that give you a firm foundation with you know future relationship things. When you have to fight supervillains all the time in
1: high school, like <laughs> that's the sort of thing that that provides the glue to get through future hardships.
2: What I thought was like most interesting about the fact they met at high school, like I know some people who married their person they were with in high school, like they got married not too long after high school. They had kids not too long after that. These guys got married when they were young, but waited to have kids until they were in their early mid thirties. Cause Kurt's like 47 at this point, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is very responsible. But it it doesn't like track with I I don't know. It's an interesting I like the model of their relationship, basically. It's not what you would expect. And
0: so anyway, the whole future Kurt family and such, as we've said, have to go back to New York for the funeral of Charles Xavier. Scott's in charge now, so hopefully human mutant relations don't immediately plummet. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> And we get to see some of the future kids that you would expect, like Rachel's there and she's Scott and Jean's uh, kid because they got married. They married their high school sweethearts also. Um, And I feel like we see a few other like future couples and kids and a lot of like, you know, child producing heterosexual relationships like you might expect from the source material.
2: Yeah, I get it, though. You want to see these mutant kids, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah,
3: I was a little disappointed that uh, Rachel wasn't, I don't know, like, I guess a time displaced child that she I, I wanted her to be on Excalibur as part of the team like she is in the comics. I, like, yeah, I like the little cameos of like, oh, I know who that kid is. But on the other hand, like, I would have really liked to see her actually on the team.
0: Well, let me just gush about that, actually, <laughs> because I, that's the kind of, you know, nerdery that I love. Rachel can't be on the Excalibur team. Because it's a thing mm. in, the Excalibur, in the Excalibur series. Um, let me back up a bit. By giving this this universe that she created a Earth number continuity, mm. the author is implicitly putting it in the shared multiverse of the X-Men comics, right? And, you know, it, the X-Men evolution continuity has an Earth designation number, too. And this is how mm. Otherworld tracks this stuff. And anyway, it's a thing in the Excalibur series that... For an early, for a lot of the early series, they're bouncing around between dimensions or other people are coming from other dimensions. And they see a lot of alternate Excaliburs. Mm
4: -hmm. And the alternate
0: Excaliburs Mm -hmm. never have a Rachel because her situation is so like unique and weird as a time traveler from a future that can no longer come to exist or whatever. And it's a source of angst for comics, Rachel, where she's like, it's kind of weird that like there's no alternate me's. It's like just me. Like it's almost like the universe doesn't want me to exist, which in some ways it doesn't. And so I was so happy that like, of course Excalibur has Captain Britain and Megan and Nightcrawl and it doesn't have Rachel because it shouldn't. Love it.
5: Rachel Summers is truly a character. Katie can attest. Like I, my brain, it doesn't, it doesn't happen. We're going to have to have an episode about her and the whole situation. (laughs) But like any sort of child that has been created from Scott Summers, I have no idea how they (laughs) exist, what the rules are. Like, I'm truly, it's a lot. <laughs>
0: oh, I love Rachel Summers. And yeah, she's got a whole family of time-displaced siblings from alternate continuities. Like, they, you know, there's
2: at least three of them. Probably more at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
5: Make it stop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but not in this. In this, she's just, like, is a kid with yeah. Jean and Scott as her parents. And she can be a kid.
0: That's fair. And they need her to yeah. be a kid so that she can provide a Deus Ex Machina kind of later on. She's not the real Deus sex Machina, but they they need her um, for reasons I don't remember. I guess we'll get to it.
1: Well, they
2: also had to flash out their cast of kids because the, the Kurt's kids also end up being important. but we'll get to that later because we don't really get to that part until more than halfway through the fanfic I believe well,
0: look there's a lot we can summarize, but there's some things we should check in on too, like for example, while He's stuck in the past. Kurt, for one thing, chaperones Kitty at the <laughs> dance, which is ridiculous.
2: It's x Evolution-y, right? Like, it gives you that, like, oh, there's a dance, you know, this is the high school thing.
3: Yeah, I just love that he's, like, uncle, like, German Uncle Kurt who's <laughs> just at this <laughs> dance. It's really excellent. Um, excellent. Um, and I, I like uh, Kitty. Well, Kitty pulls a, like, I don't know what I don't know what movie it is. I can't think of it now. But just like where she said yes to Kurt, but like somebody that's more attractive to her also asked her to go to the dance. So I, I didn't know. Like they kept saying Pete. So I I mean this might have been on purpose. I assumed it was going to be Colossus who was taking her to the dance. But then it but no. was. <laughs> but then it was uh, Pete Wisdom, which I thought was an like a really good pull from the comics.
0: <laughs> I thought that was one pull too many. Because okay. there's just no reason Pete Wisdom should be attending that school. He is British. Like... <laughs> but
3: I love, I love a nonsensical exchange student. Like I'm all, I'm, I'm on board.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair.
2: And, <laughs> and doesn't it end up that he marries Kitty later in the future, or they get together no, for a period of time? No, mm-hmm. I got this mixed up, huh?
0: Yeah, it, it, they have a relationship later on in this continuity, just like in the comics, and he's. A few years older than her, and kind of an asshole, and is already smoking (laughs) in high school. And so it's all on point, Pete Wisdom. but
2: Yeah, and Kurt really doesn't like him. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But he doesn't seem very likable, so okay.
0: Yeah, Pete Wisdom is basically John Constantine crossed with James Bond as a mutant (laughs) with boring powers. And so there's really nothing to like. The other thing that happens in the past before any plot can proceed is that Kurt gets to run into Mystique who mistakes him for his father because he's using the image inducer to look like himself without fur, which is apparently more or less what his father looked like. And the only thing that doesn't quite ring true here to me is that Mystique at first is like so, you know, excited and heart-wrenched to see him and is like, oh, is it like really you? And like, then, you know, once she realizes it's like Kurt with an image inducer, she's immediately like, what the hell do you think you're doing? I feel like Mystique probably should have gone straight to the what the hell do you think you're doing and not believed that there was some miracle that like brought her dead husband back to her. Like, I think she's too jaded.
2: Yeah, I think we're supposed to take that. Well, first of all, it was an excuse to have her start dumping some information about Kurt's dad. But also I think we're supposed to take that this is like, I don't know, she's so emotional about this. And I, yeah, she is jaded. But I guess the way this fanfic depicts her, and I can't remember an Evolution if she's like that, it's like almost a little, um, using to use this as a literary term, not a mental health term, like schizophrenic. Like she has a pull towards this intense emotion, but then also this intense coldness.
3: Yeah, I feel like in the show, she's very much more, I would say like more one track mind of just like mutant. Superiority and just or whatever mission she's on, she's kind of focused on. So yeah, I definitely I would have bought her more just like throwing him up against the wall and being like, "Who are you? Why are you here?" Rather than having this emotional kind of response to him. She doesn't get emotional very often. I mean, again, spoilers for Evolution, but there is the time when she gets turned into stone and then her her statue cries because <laughs> she's just having a moment with Kurt. But um, but yeah, I just I think I. I don't think of uh, the word emotional when I think of Mystique, especially from X-Men Evolution. She's very uh, focused, I think.
0: (laughs) What I do like is that Kurt from the future, like, talks to her and is like, I want to talk to you about, you know, my father because I think, like, I deserve that. And she's dead in the future, by the way, so he can't do that. (laughs) Um, And he's like, I need to go back and, like, tell, you know, deal with this responsibility I have towards chaperoning, which is basically telling Scott, like, hey, I'm leaving. But like, you'll be here when I get back, right? And she's like, I don't make promises. And he goes and he comes back and she's gone. And I'm like, yes, A plus <laughs> Mystique. Of course, she's not there.
5: This is the first time I've come across Eric Wagner. Is that a, is that a real, when I say real, I mean like comics. Is that a real person <laughs> <laughs> outside of this fanfic?
1: <laughs> a real person.
4: Do we you know what? <clears throat> I don't know. I, I was wondering. I don't believe so. I was
5: wondering what the significance was with like Eric, like the name Eric. <laughs> I was like, why Eric? I'm I'm confused now because of I Eric first, with Magneto. <laughs> yeah, at first I thought she
2: was mistaking him for Magneto, and I was really confused. Mm-hmm. But they clear it up right away.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah. Like as far as I could um, find, there I don't think there was ever like somebody using Eric as like a cover name or like his adopted dad or anything because his father is Azazel, who's like maybe an actual demon i don't i'm not totally clear
0: (laughs) he's technically a demon like mutant i think but i don't want to think about (laughs) his azel apparently (laughs) according to the internet which should know these things Hmm. count wagner aka eric wagner
1: does is a real character who is mentioned once in excalibur issue 77 and never again People. Deep research this author did then for one issue. Thank <laughs> goodness. There's a picture. Uh, it's not a very flattering picture. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway. Um, so the point is, yeah,
0: there's some current and like mystique background here. And I was like, this seems overly convoluted and stuff. Like, oh, Magneto like got to put put do some mutant enhancing thing on kurt when he was a baby like that seems contrived and then i looked into it and i'm like oh wait that's x-men evolution canon that actually happened to him apparently um it was not the author the author is trying to make sense of things she's not pulling in things unnecessarily here apparently <laughs> i don't know in what context that comes up though
5: i mean that was like a gut-wrenching thing to read though when that was all being laid out in this fanfic of i don't know if we're there yet but basically what yeah, what right ends there. up happening <laughs> Um, where Eric is, is murdered and and Mystique runs in. And that, that whole situation was a little bit sad. And I was wondering if that was canon anywhere. Um, but yeah.
0: It seems like at least the enhancing mutant Kurt's powers, which resulted in him kind of having a less normative human skeletal structure. And I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. it helped with the agility too or whatever. Apparently that is X-Men Evolution canon. And so in this fanfic, yeah, like Magneto was staying with Count Wagner and Mystique, um, they were you know allies back then too. And you know, he developed a mutant enhancing device thing. And Mystique was like, do not use my baby as a test object. And Magnus <laughs> like, it would be such a waste not to, geez. And, and he steals the baby and does it. And when when Eric tries to stop him, Magnus accidentally murders him, which he feels only the slightest vaguely bit bad about. It's pretty great in terms of, like, Magneto just being a total asshole.
2: I don't think it was accidental, even. It says, like, basically he just got really angry. And by the time he came to, he had, like, the machine had crushed him. One of his machines had crushed him. So, I don't know. I mean, like, basically he went into, like, a barbarian berserker rage and killed him.
0: It's, generally speaking, Magneto gets some screen time in this fanfic. The last X-Men fanfic we read, Kid Dynamo, no, I'm sorry, sorry, before, sorry, the the one before we had you on, Kid Dynamo was way into like the Claremont era redemption of Magneto, where like Magneto actually like has had good intentions, but maybe some mental illness, maybe went too far, but actually is trying really hard to make amends, and like is a deep psychological character, and so it was really fun seeing this Magneto, who is just a total asshole who's consistently (laughs) irritated, it's like... Why does everybody keep getting up in my grill and stopping me from doing all this, like, important stuff? Jeez. Like, he's so constantly offended by the fact that everybody keeps messing with him.
2: It's great. I, I know. It's really funny. Like, it's got this absurdity to it, right? Where Mystique says, don't perform experiments on my child, and he literally cannot understand at all. He's like, he's like, yeah, he like you mentioned about him, he's just like, He's just so um, huffy about it. He's like, dare they? I'm doing this for their own good. Uh, It makes you laugh because his perspective is so bizarre.
5: It's interesting because we just came from... Well, one of the pieces of homework I had for our recent episode about um, is was to watch First Class. And that movie is just centered around the deep psychological complexity of Magneto. And then like seeing him do this, it's just like, uh... (laughs) So these are different Magnetos.
0: <laughs> but it's so very, very silver age Magneto. Like he did not originally have any psychological ambiguity. Like he was a total jerk. <laughs> when
5: he writes his name in the sky.
0: That's
4: that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that Magneto.
0: <laughs> Definitely. Just, and I think yeah. that tracks with Evolution
2: Magneto too, right? Like he's a he's a bad dude something pleasurable about a villain just being absurdly villainous, right? And you don't and this Magneto, you don't want to see a redemption for. It, and you don't need it. You're just like, yeah, that guy's the bad guy.
0: Yeah, but absurdly villainous and also just so I don't know. Yeah, just so annoyed by everybody like stopping him from doing all these important things. Uh speaking of which, the main plot it like time shenanigans have happened because magneto was making a big device like magneto does that's going to have world shaking ramifications like he tries to do every year or so um the details of all this don't even really matter like there's a lot of technobabble relating to like why all this is but the point is that like magneto making big device that would probably do bad things and in testing it the timing was bad and it caused time shenanigans
3: there are definitely magnets involved.
0: That's all I got. I mean, <laughs> magnets do these things, you know. Like, yes. it's just you got to understand that magnets do a lot of stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, otherwise, Magneto wouldn't be so powerful. Yeah, if magnets, why. It's like... magnets couldn't um, cause time travel, shut down, like change the global weather system, like all the weather in the world, or Call aliens from 500 light years away to the planet. Whatever, lots, all those re- things happen in the span
5: Do you remember learning about magnets in school for the first time? Like, I, I would believe it when you, when you're like, oh my gosh, they're, they're repelling. That is <laughs>
2: insane. <laughs> True. And then you learn about like the poles, like a compass and the poles yes. of the Earth. You're like, what? What is <laughs> happening? Is the Earth yeah. a magnet? <laughs> We've
0: we've also got a third time travel, another time traveler going on because in the future, crashing Xavier's wedding, we have Kylan of all people, and so this is this character is inspired by an Excalibur character named Kylan, who is a British kid who grew up in a swords and sorcery world and is kind of really cool. Except, like in the comics, the the authors who were interested in using Kylan. The list of them is Alan Davis. And so he he was introduced basically as a character at the start of Alan Davis's run as Excalibur. He disappeared as a character as soon as Alan Davis stopped writing Excalibur. That's his history. He made a guest appearance later on. like So he's a character that essentially no one cares about, um, which I think is why it's totally fine for the author to completely repurpose him here. He's got fur. He's from the future. He's very annoyed at the X-Men for being too good at having brought about world peace.
3: Yeah, I liked um, calling back to our last episode with y'all. Like, uh, He kind of fulfills a bit of a bishop role, I feel, that he's coming from a, a screwed up future and needs them to not screw things up <laughs> in <laughs> his present to screw up his future. And yeah.
2: Yeah but this is actually where this the whole thing started to fall apart a little bit for me i love the emotional story here and like i'm willing to buy like magneto's magnet cause ti- magnet machine cause time travel weather shenanigans but for some reason kylan says he's traveled 500 years into the past to prevent the x-men from starting an era of world peace because in his timeline Aliens have come, and because they've been peaceful for so long, they didn't expect the aliens to take advantage of them and steal all of the, I don't know, nickel from their planet, I think it was. Um, And, and like, destroy and kill everybody in the process, yeah. If you can travel in, yeah, and destroy the whole planet, fine. But if you can travel in time, why don't you just warn someone that the aliens' intentions are malicious, like, not, you know, 40 years ago when this all (laughs) happened, why go 500 years into the past? 500 years to stop an era of peace so that humanity would be prepared. Like, there are so many other things you could have done in those 500 years. Okay, rant over. Yeah. And I mean, oh, you and know, also, sorry. Like, if you the know, that,
0: <laughs> right, if you know specifically this is going to happen, you could even, and, and if you know that, like, the X Men organizations descendants are going to be kind of like in charge of the world for you know up until his era then yeah there's so many other ways you could go about this besides what he's doing which is basically like i want human mutant relations to be bad again so that people fight each other and are not so trusting and like a world war three is better than what's going to happen in the future it's like that may be true but there's probably better options that are better than a world war three that you could be gunning for here
2: yeah, it was like the author was working backwards from what they wanted, you know, to to have the intention be, like try to slot something in. Other than that, and the fact that apparently it's Magneto's uh, electromagnet machine that also sends a signal that in 500 years in the future reaches the aliens. So it's caused both of the problems, but separately. Um, other than that, I really like this story and the emotional stories are
1: great. But those two things, I was just like, why? Why do that? Well, that leaves some plot to happen. And in the future, there's a whole little... There's a
0: whole little deal with, like, young Kurt being sent to the kids' table with the other <laughs> kids. Which is hilarious mostly because Scott has a kids' room with a kids' table for everyone who is younger eight- than 18. Because <laughs> Scott follows society's rules about who is an adult and who is <laughs> not an adult to the letter. And Scott, having grown out of being a kid, definitely no longer remembers what it's like to be a kid. And, I mean, I thought that was great. (laughs) Very Scott. On point. And also, it kind of lets young Kurt take a leadership position in the future with the other kids. Because he's the one kind of pulling them together and being like, hey, we deserve to be in on this. And, like, let's use our talents to kind of, like, you know, figure out what's going on. And that is a link as a kind of leadership thing with Kurt in the past and the future. And it also demonstrates Kurt's um, strengths as a leader, which is that he tends to be compassionate and a good communicator and kind of like able to pull together as a team, whoever he's got, Um, which I think are very different strengths than say Scott as a leader or even Aurora as a leader. There's about one issue in it, or like one and a half issues of Excalibur where the team is scattered and Kurt is temporarily leading the uncanny Endmen, which are the aliens from TechNet um, in like X-Men style costumes. And like Kurt is, it's just like, that's who he's got available at the moment. And that's the team he's got. And anyway, I just like kind of that,
1: that element of Kurt's leadership potential being demonstrated here. Yeah, I feel like he easily connects with people, which is nice to see. (laughs) But there's not a whole lot interesting
0: they actually do in the future. Basically, like the kids crash the meeting and they're like, "Uh, let's do wibbly wobbly time things with Rachel, which is what you do when you have (laughs) Rachel as a resource uh, to contact people back in the past and tell them what's up, I guess. I forget the
2: details. Yeah, that's basically it. Kurt's going to project himself into the past. I I actually wasn't sure why kurt was the only i guess because kurt was the one who came from the past he had like some sort of link so he could astral project through rachel's powers into the past i think that's exactly the explanation
0: yeah i think yeah someone else asks why Kurt specifically and they say well because kurt's supposed to be in the past so it's easiest for rachel to do this with him
3: yeah i i had a note here that i couldn't make sense of until this was just all brought up, but I said, we're we're pulling a, a Days of Future Past here, I see. And now yep. it makes sense. Yeah, it's like you have to send the one who has a body in the other time back, I guess, to... Uh, I guess. Yeah, to share those messages.
0: <laughs> but so in the past, they figure out they have to go wreck Magneto's machine, which apparently the the main thing it's supposed to do is to let him, like, have a super cerebro and know where all the mutants in the world are. Um... And so they kind of all gear up to go, like, raid Magneto's
1: base, wherever that is right now. What is kind of fun is we get a little bit of time with the Brotherhood, like, which was not
0: necessary for the plot, but was kind of super fun.
5: I was tricked into reading about Toad, and I'm a little (laughs) bit upset with everybody here. Um, But, I mean, he delivered, as, you know, he does, unfortunately, so... (laughs) You know, the the blob as well. We got we got all the little cast of characters there.
0: <laughs> Speaking of displaying leadership potential, I thought this fanfics toad was like a great, you know, head of the brotherhood. I was kind of rooting for him all the time. For for one thing, like his first scene is meeting up with Magneto, where like he's like, Hey, what you doing, Boss Man? And Magneto's like, I'm making a machine to find better mutants. And Toad's so it's basically like, You're you're saying that like we're not good enough for you, yo. And Magneto's like, correct. And, you know, it gets to come back later to haunt him where, like, you know, when when Toad is kind of, like, considering whether to try to fight all the assembled X-Men on behalf of Magneto later on, he's like, uh, no, screw it. This is all happening because Magneto's trying to, like, replace us anyway.
5: Yeah, I will say, I mean, obviously I've evolved, I've had my own X-Men evolution into understanding that Toad is more complex than when you first meet him. Um, and. I really do appreciate his ability to, like, let things roll off his back. (laughs) Like, Magneto's so freaking mean to him. But he's like, all right, whatever, I'm just going to keep doing my job. And then Mystique is also just very mean to him. So he just hops away. And I do appreciate that in a character.
0: (laughs) What I appreciated was, like, Toad offers, like, at one point, he checked after talking with Magneto, he checks in with the other Brotherhood members. And he offers to go get snacks. And he, he asks if they have any requests. And, you know, Fred asks specifically for like Twinkies or something. And Toad just like, you know, Toad's being real. He's like, Magneto's stalking the fridge. There's probably not going to be anything like that, but I'll see what I can wrestle up for you. Dude. And I was just like, ah, Toad, you're a good friend as by Brotherhood standards. You're a good friend.
5: Unfortunately
0: true. The bar's not that high. <laughs>
5: The character
3: voice was uh spot on as well like just I, I could hear every one of those lines in his x-men evolution voice <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah how often he just says yo yeah. <laughs> it was, like it kind of put struck. me back back in the early 2000s <laughs> i was just like oh yeah or late 90s kind of people like thought that that was how people talked i guess by saying yo all the time <laughs> or like cartoons told us that for sure yeah
4: the youths <laughs> Yes,
1: this is how the kids talk, yo. (laughs) That's how Toad talks. (laughs) Um,
0: and so basically, like the the X Men bust in, and it's like in full force, and they they get into a brawl with the Brotherhood, but things were not super close. And also, you know, Magneto's there, but Kurt Kurt wrestled up some swords. This is future Kurt in the past, of course. And, like, has got to come, like, hold one to Magneto's throat and be like, look, I'm not messing around here. Um, (laughs) And, as usual, Magneto gets to be, as I was saying, super offended by, like, everybody (laughs) getting in the way of him helping all mutant kind. And Kurt's going to be like, "Uh, you literally killed my father and, you know, warped my body without myself or my parents' consent as a kid. Please do not talk to me.
2: Yeah, this is a... Kind of a cool scene because, um, well, first of all, some cute detail is there's a flashback from adult Kurt earlier on about when he met his wife and she wanted, she thought he knew how to fence because he'd done some training with swords in the circus, but he didn't really, it was mostly tricks, but she knew how to fence from her other school. So she's kind of the one who taught him how to fight with swords and now he's really good at it. And there's this one scene of um, him training in the uh, the danger room where he's just like running a hollow program to like be a swashbuckling pirate. <laughs> I like those little details. But then in this scene, he gets to be really intimidating with the sword. Um, and you get to see Toad's perspective being like at first, oh, that's just Nightcrawler, I can take him. And then like, oh my God, no, I can't. And then he's like, peace out. Because this guy is much taller. He looks way more dangerous, and he's just a badass with a sword. And he just, like, he looks scary as heck. <laughs> and I like that outsider perspective of, like, oh, yeah, this grown-up Kurt is a badass
1: who, who is scary to his enemies. So, there's no real drama from the fight, really.
0: Is there anything to talk about there?
3: Uh, well, I forget when. When do we get the shot... Like, I'm imagining this like a, an episode of Evolution, I guess. But, like, the shot of, like, the knowing
0: mouse. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: Is that, is That's, that oh like, my yeah. coming up?
0: <laughs> um, I actually had in. no idea until reading this fanfic that Evolution Mystique is actually way more powerful than, like, mainline oh, Mystique.
3: Yeah, she turns yeah. into, like, a hawk at some point. I think she's, like, a wolf a couple times. Like, yeah, she's... <laughs> it also took me far too long to realize that the mouse was Mystique. Like, I literally finished the fanfic and then was like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) that makes sense i was
0: confused i was just thinking who can turn into animals (laughs) no one
2: can turn into animals
3: i fully just (laughs) thought it was a mouse honestly i don't know
2: (laughs) i forgot about the animal thing too the funny thing there is also
0: that during this whole fight sequence while this is going on mystique as a mouse goes over to the machine and wrecks
2: it like from the
0: inside (laughs) and then she she leaves and then everybody else comes in
2: yeah yeah carefully gnawing the right wires at that point i was like oh this is an important mouse but i still <laughs> didn't figure out it was a mistake
3: again i fully thought it was just a very smart mouse i don't know <laughs>
0: it, just, <laughs> it was not tracking for me i don't know why <sighs> but then after they deal with magneto and people you know the omniscient narrator gets to comment that like the x-men came in and not knowing that the machine had already been sabotaged they wrecked it with their mutant powers anyway and <laughs> i <laughs> It was kind of a funny like moment. It
1: is also a <laughs> lot relevant at the end <laughs> as such. Um, but yeah, all that's left is the cleanup, which is done by the professional. I
3: believe it's uh, the penultimate chapter. We get all the um, other worlds intrigue yeah, coming in that's... which was fascinating <laughs> and i kind of i kind of wanted more of it like well i guess now i know there's it's a part of a it universe i can yeah <laughs> i can find more stories
0: about it but yeah so here at the very end all that's left is to clean up the time mess and we get a deus ex machina in the form of mr longbottom no that's harry cringe, Pop- bottom. Bottom. <laughs> cringe bottom yes horatio cringe bottom and his associate Bert. Show Correct. up from other world to fix the time stream issues that have, you know, happened here. And it made me think, look, I think there was some technobabble, but I don't, I don't understand why anything anybody did was necessary, frankly, in terms of trying to fix the time situation,
2: because we've got professionals on the job here. And I also wasn't sure why they needed like, why sending a message to the past was important, because apparently they were already on their way to destroy the machine, so.
0: Yeah, were they, or was some information they had? No, the information they had was not important because they'd already figured out they need to deal with the scene, right?
2: Yeah. I'm confused about the whole way it wrapped up, honestly, but, yeah, it did wrap up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It did wrap up. Now, did either of you seek out a picture of Horatio Cringebottom and Kurt, by the way?
3: (laughs) I sent it to Brit, like, I don't know, half an hour, an hour before we started recording. <laughs> it's it's going to be our You're first cosplay. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the next con, or the first con we can get to.
1: <laughs> Did you see that, Tori? I'm looking for
2: it. The way Here, that you, you described link. reminded me of um, the time travel characters in uh, Milo Murphy's Law, which is a new cartoon. I mean, could be. Um, a really good cartoon, by the way.
0: Like the Count, they are characters who showed up exactly once in Excalibur at the end of a story to be a, you know, some kind of timeline deus ex machina. Um, <laughs> and they're Alan Davis designs, and they're great. And the author, Rowena, spends some time physically describing them, but you really just don't get the effect unless you see the Alan Davis illustration of them.
2: <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say I imagine that like the people who made Milo Murphy's Law were inspired by this, but the 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 thing there is there's two time travelers. They're part of a time travel organization and they both decided to dress from the 70s, but one is from the 1870s and one is from the 1970s, and that's why they're <laughs> they look different. So
4: that's
2: anyway, just thinking about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um Anyway, Bert stays behind to fix the time stream, like, literally fix the time stream, like he's got a tool belt on and stuff. <laughs> um, and Horatio Cringebottom takes all the characters to Otherworld, which, you know, it has a position in X-Men and Marvel lore as between universes. There's just supposed to be one of them. So this is the same um, the same other world that the X-Men interact with in the X-Men comics and such. That's all very established. The characters run across the chess set of 616 characters that like is used as a metaphor for people doing shit in like Claremont era X-Men comics and stuff. And they get to talk to Roma currently in charge because her father Merlin is gone and also a total jerk. (laughs) All that sort of thing. And it's mostly important because it gives an opportunity for the characters from different eras to meet each other physically.
5: Yeah, that part was fun. I, I I agree, like, some of it was a little bit confusing the way it wrapped up here and there, which is with the other world being pulled in. But it did make me want to read more about the other world, because I think that's definitely up my alley in terms of things I like um, and find fascinating. But I really, really loved all the dialogue happening between the characters from different, different timelines. It was
0: very, very fun. Yeah, are there any points there that people want to call out or talk about specifically?
3: well personally i just like that everybody's like oh my god older rogue your hair is long and she's just like <laughs> yeah it's called growing up kids
5: <laughs> <laughs> there was something like a scott jab at some point i think <laughs> which i appreciated
1: always of course that's what you would appreciate <laughs> so there's a lot of like banter
0: it's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, this is when Kurt, older Kurt, gets to be horrified by hearing his younger self talk like you would oh, be. Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> and then I think young Kurt kisses Alice's hand before he leaves. And she's like, he kissed my hand to older Kurt, her husband. And I thought that was really cute because it was just like, I don't know, sweet. The
1: the adorableness of it all. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's not that long, but
0: those are mostly the cute things. And we've kind of been a al- gliding over it, but Kurt has bonded. Young Kurt has bonded with his future children. Um, mm-hmm. and so the end of this scene is kind of him like resolving that, like, yes, this future will come to pass. Like, I'm going to remember that, like, you know, remember about my future wife and such. And that's what you were talking about with the a name, even though they talk to Roma, and Roma's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna have to wipe all your memories that any of this ever happened." Which I feel like was foreshadowed early on when they're talking with, with future Kurt in the past, and he's like, "I don't remember this dance at all. I don't know." And I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's probably because your memory is gone from this whole incident. <laughs> that sort of thing." By the way, have you two had a chance to talk about Roma and Otherworld in like the X Men comics yet?
3: We did an Excalibur episode. Oh, I forget when, but uh, yeah, not in. Deep depth, <laughs> yet. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's fair. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's on the list.
0: <laughs> it's like that stuff is so incredibly important to a couple of specific things that are important <laughs> in X Men history. And then, like, it's just not. And it's just because, you know, when Claremont was off the wheel, like, no one else was going to try to deal with this stuff. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I love multiverse stuff, though. So I, I like I, I've read Excalibur, I think, through or most of it, at least like at least once. I got to reread it, though. Like, I, I love that team. I love the dynamics. So, yeah, and I, well, I, it, I just I think it's fun when characters get to interact with themselves from other worlds.
0: <laughs> uh, that really, really good Excalibur podcast just started that I've been following a lot. Yeah, of. yeah. The Oh Gosh, Oh Golly, Oh Well podcast by three <laughs> comics academics, including
4: mm-hmm.
0: the Project Head of the Claremont Project, which is also yeah. really great.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So that's been a good listen, and I, I I've started just rereading in order to follow along with that. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Other world, uh, <laughs> end of the fanfic, mind <laughs> wipes, of course.
3: Maybe our minds were just wiped. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah the 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 alien situation is going to be resolved in the future future, like you said, because. Because if the machine's not activated, then it won't alert the aliens to their presence. And uh, I guess nothing will ever happen in the history of the Earth that will ever produce such a strong signal as that machine. So they'll never have to worry
2: about aliens ever again, (laughs) is what we can assume.
3: No more magnets.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, at least they have the information now, but no, they don't because their memories were wiped. That's right. Oh, wow. And timeline
0: wise, the way they're dealing with this is they're just like, erasing all of this time travel shenanigans except for they're just going to let in the actual repaired time frame mystique find out about the machine and sabotage it like she did
1: and that's it and then magneto will just assume that it doesn't work and move on to other doomsday devices (laughs) yeah yeah they there's another little detail about that which is what
2: prompted Mystique to do that in the first place was her meeting when she and older Kurt went out for a drink. They sort of bonded as she gave him information about his dad. But instead, they're going to change it so that younger Kurt had the moment with Mystique that prompted her to do this. But I like that detail is that her, it was, they kept, they paid attention to that. like And the fact that it was Kurt who made her want to do good, basically.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an elegant way of declaring how the actual time will be working now in terms of what happened mm-hmm. in reality's perspective or whatever
2: yeah all, all the details the this author paid a lot of attention to all of the details um and making sure they all fit their solutions sometimes might lump things together but they were there like they they got all of the details which is good
0: well, speaking of details, I think that is the overview of what happens in the fanfic. Is there anything that
2: we want to go back and touch on that we kind of skipped over? I do want to mention, um, oh no, wait, we already talked about Kurt's interaction with the kids, but I did like the moments of the kids. I felt like they were brought out, oh, that was it. They were brought up to be like really strong personalities. And also by having Kurt lead them and also showed that they were ready to heroes on their own or at least the older ones where I think the youngest one is like four so
3: yeah I just had uh, one very dumb line I wanted to mention but just uh, hmm. no one could see it but Scott rolled his eyes behind his visor that just felt like the most Scott thing that has ever Scotted yeah.
0: so uh, <laughs> I never thought about it but that could be happening all the time couldn't it I think it is
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, told, I
5: told Katie it. I wanted to make that my Twitter bio
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> Yeah. All right.
1: Well, then, I think we can start to close this out.
0: But, of course, we begin with criticism or things that we thought could have been done better in this fanfic.
2: I got mine. That was the only thing, honestly, to me, is how the, all the solutions were lumped together. And that it wasn't fully, I don't know, sensical that these things happened the way they did. But it's not as big a one compared to the fact that, like, I think the rest of the story is just still so much fun to read. I think it stands out
1: more almost because of that. Yeah, I mean,
0: maybe it's a similar thing to what you're saying, but it's like the... I feel like it doesn't have a very strong climax. Like, there's a lot of really good build-up, but then they go to confront Magneto, but it's not... It's not that big a deal. You're not that worried. The stakes, honestly, don't seem that high. The problem gets solved in two different ways. Like, it's double solved. You know, the Brotherhood aren't that into it. Just like, there's a little bit of kind of emotional tension in Kurt confronting Magneto, knowing what he does about Magneto and his own family history. And that's kind of good. But mostly, it's just like, oh, let's try to solve the problem. We did. And the remaining problems, those are getting solved for us. And I don't think that ruins the fanfic because it's really more about the character work and kind of world exploration, which is all really cool. But I'm not going to be thinking back to kind of the plot of the story so much as I do about the character work and character interactions.
3: Yeah, I think um, I would like to see the evil magnet machine excised from the story and just focus on the, the character stuff. And then maybe they just I don't know, somehow call to Roma and just say, like, help, there's a time issue, how do we fix this? Um, because yeah, I like the I just again, I just really like getting to see them interact in the last like chapter or two with their other selves and things. And yeah, seeing like a, a more accomplished, confident Kurt going back to high school is just an interesting an interesting place to start the story. So yeah, I agree with
1: all those thoughts.
5: Yeah, I'd say I agree. I agree as well. I think I think that keeping younger Kurt, younger Kurt's experience in the future to a little bit later was like a, a fine choice. I think it was great to spend time with the older Kurt, but I really love younger Kurt. I know I complained about him in Evolution a little bit because like he's <laughs> a little bit too much with Kitty. Um, but other than that, he's like pretty funny. And I, I think I, I would have wanted to. I don't know have a little bit more time with Kurt, young Kurt in the future, but I understand that wasn't really the point of.
0: Of this fic. So, I guess we can move on to our favorite things about the fanfic or praise that we want to give it that we have not already. In my case, I think I will just double down. Like, as a fan of Nightcrawler and someone who did not click with Evolution Kurt immediately, I found it very cool that this is trying to draw a line between Evolution Kurt and kind of like Kurt from the comics that I'm more familiar with. And not only is that kind of satisfying in itself, it makes me like Evolution Kurt more because I can see him more clearly as kind of like a, the character I like, but at a different stage in life, instead of just
1: like, uh, they didn't put in cool swashbuckling Nightcrawler into Evolution. They did, by the way, put cool swashbuckling Nightcrawler into Wolverine and the X-Men, which got mm-hmm. canceled real fast, but like,
0: Nightcrawler is real good in that.
5: My favorite cartoon. Because <laughs> they pour
3: <laughs> one out for that <laughs> show. <laughs> Love it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Young Justice got another season or something because of fan demand, right? Is it too late for Wolverine and the X Men? Start a letter writing campaign. <laughs>
5: yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Wolverine, I think that would be like not not just him, but I think that the characterism that happens with the characters that I know at least seemed pretty pretty spot on. Like I, I enjoyed what that whole conversation with Wolverine and and Nightcrawler, the older Nightcrawler when he comes in, um, and then uh, he has a moment with Aurora Scott. too,
0: which is actually pretty good, right? Yeah
5: yeah so aurora does come in i mean always i want more aurora so maybe that was the uh, <laughs> criticism but not really but yeah like everyone who was brought up i was like just tracks with who i know them to be and i appreciated that especially the scott i feel like scott really worked in this fanfic
2: agreed <laughs> yeah I, w- I was gonna say something similar but it was also it was about the writing a bit too is we talk about the sort of writing that doesn't get in the way and this is exactly that but if something were to stand out it would be moments of dialogue where i was thinking that's exactly what that character would say and not only that but it's an interesting piece of dialogue too in general i think you get something from everyone characters are really well characterized new characters come in and you like them especially kurt's kids and Mm -hmm. the story's pretty well paced all in all um in the sort of way where you're not like, you're just not hung up on anything. You can focus on these characters and their interactions, which are really strong.
3: Yeah, like I, I think sometimes I've read fic where there are OCs and I don't click with them or it's like this is clearly like an author insert and not super interesting. But I yeah, I really liked all the original characters here just as much as I liked seeing the characters that I knew and loved already. So I think they they integrated well into the world.
0: Well, I think that brings us more or less to a close then. I'd like to thank you two, Britt and Katie, for agreeing to come on with us again. <laughs> and also that as it happened, I did not plan it, but both the stories you've done have been insane time travel shenanigans with your <laughs> continuity <laughs> stuff.
4: And yep. partly it's
0: just, that's the X-Men, but both of these stories were, I feel like a little bit, um, took a little bit of of reading to kind of, <laughs> um work things out this one a lot less so this was less insane than the other one for sure
3: <laughs> this felt uh, a, a the stakes felt a little less intense <laughs> in this one which was uh, nice we got to focus on some other elements of it which was really wonderful but yeah we're definitely gonna have to do a time travel-y episode soon to i mean to help you brit but also to help myself because i got. <laughs> kind of lost in some things and i was trying to do some quick googling to make sure i didn't sound like a complete idiot <laughs> during this so
0: do rachel summers pull on that thread first
3: yeah yeah i think i think we touched on the all the summers gray children at some point briefly and yeah we're gonna have to do a deep dive
5: <laughs> right over my head <laughs> <laughs> we, we appreciate being invited back mm-hmm. i it's it's really fun um, to yeah. kind of apply what little expert <laughs> knowledge I have. Um, but I end up learning more. I feel like I, I learned so much from the last one. I learned so much from this one that I just don't know. Like, I'm I'm tricked into believing sometimes that the fanfic is canon. <laughs> so it's interesting to learn through recording this, what is and what isn't. Um, and then what offshoots I want to um, read into more. So thank you.
0: Oh, wonderful. I'm so glad. Well, you're welcome back on anytime. <laughs> And you uh, tell us again where we can find you.
3: So we are at Is It an X Man, spelled exactly like it sounds, <laughs> on Twitter and Instagram. Um you can email us there at as well, is it an X Man at gmail dot com. Uh we have a Patreon also under that name. And we'd love to have you listen wherever you wanna listen pretty much.
0: <laughs> and I'm also going to give our shout out here to Rarina zanre who continues to be a very prolific fanfic author. She's She's still writing a whole lot of stuff. You can find her on fanfiction.net and on Archive of Our Own. I'm going to provide the link to Archive of Our Own because it tends to be a little bit friendlier for multiple things, including, like, for example, finding all the X-Men Evolution fanfics she wrote or downloading it on a book reader friendly format. She also has an Etsy, which is also linked to from her AO3 account. On which she sells crocheted things, including crocheted dolls, including very adorable Nightcrawler crocheted dolls.
4: Oh my goodness! Oh no! <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not just that, but that's definitely what my eye goes to. Someone's birthday is coming up. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. two people's birthdays coming up. <laughs> <Did> she... <laughs> and you will know if you buy a crocheted, uh, actually, probably pretty much anything from her store. That the heart of a true fan has gone into making it. Oh, on the picture of this fell faced Nightcrawler, she has a Nightcrawler action figure, and that's the one that I had as a kid. It's the one with the suction cups on his hand and, and <laughs> his knee so that he can cling on to a wall. It's the first Nightcrawler action figure.
4: Oh we my are gosh. action
0: figure buddies. Oh, oh and gosh. next to it, she has another Nightcrawler action figure I had where he's looking super serious and badass and is much more poseable, and it's a much worse action figure. have oh suction cups.
2: <laughs> I've got opinions. This is amazing. She has a Yoda and a, a Smurf, which is really good. Wonder Woman, like, everybody. It's kind of awesome. Hubert, Aowen.
3: Oh my god, I'm buying all the things. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: They're so cute.
0: So you can go check that out as well. Uh, you have our approval in that they all look incredibly adorable. I, I like, like this. You know, she's got a crocheted Smurf, right? Of course. Like, you might want a crocheted Smurf. She's also got a crocheted Gargamel. Because maybe <laughs> you watch Smurfs and you're like, you know, Gargamel gets the short end of the stick.
2: Or maybe, or maybe you, you want to give Gargamel some love. Maybe you want to play with them like they're like a set of dolls, you know, and you you need a villain to... Anyway. Well, okay, but then you're
0: going to need a tiny, tiny crocheted Smurf and an enormous crocheted Gargamel.
3: <laughs> um, I just need to point out she has she has a crocheted Columbo, which I
4: think I'm going oh, to need. <laughs> <No>. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Once again, the link there is uh, on her AO3 website, which we'll provide a link to. I'll just provide a link to the Etsy Directly as well. And that's all. This was episode 110 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, The Day the Earth Stood Back by Rowena Zanre. Uh, You can find a link there in the show notes and on her AO3 and fanfiction.net accounts. The intro song for the podcast is the weekly fair off of the album poppy's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find that album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. Our editor is Dom Davis. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And if you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, you can contact us on Twitter at retrofanfic, Facebook at retrofanfic. We are also on Reddit and Instagram, I believe. And you can send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Or leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast service you use, YouTube, where we also get posted, whatever works for you. I'm Amato. Tori.
5: I'm Katie. And I'm Britt.
0: We're just four Earth lifeforms trying to be nice to each other until the X-Men usher in an era of world peace. Until next time, take care.
2: I realized we didn't decide in order for Katie and Brent, so I was trying to point for one of them, and then I was like, you can't tell what point You don't live in my computer.
4: Maybe I do. I
2: don't know. It's all magnets. Magnets me. put me here. Yeah, magnets put me here.
5: It's all magnets to me is the new
2: voice. <laughs> so I should be laughing way too hard on <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm just waiting to see if it drops out.
4: Craig,
0: <laughs> Craig, not Craig's been good. <laughs> we, we expect a lot from Craig.
4: We we expect too much, and we should be grateful <laughs> for what we get.
2: <laughs> I feel like really, it's only one job, it's Craig's like only function, right? Like I think he's trying to tell us that that's not
5: true.
0: <laughs> Craig's like doing it like millions of times at the same
1: time. That's true. Busy bear. <laughs> Who's a busy bear? You are.
4: You are, <laughs> you are Quag. <laughs> Look at you.
0: I wish I didn't talk down, down to a uh, you know a coworker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We're all gonna get called to HR.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: now recording.
4: <laughs> Craig has gained sentience. <laughs> <laughs> quick. That
2: damn
5: time. Craig's gonna be like does anyone want to hear my nightcrawler opinion? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when is it my turn? Mutes
4: all of us.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's nice to see that AI come to life. That's not that evil. I really think Cyclops is underrated. Oh no! No! no,
4: no. Oh,
5: gosh. <laughs> End the whole thing. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs>